bulletin. Uh, how many of you got a bulletin? If you got a bulletin, you can almost throw it away. It's almost useless at this point. We're canceling everything in it. So, <laughs> uh, but but right right away, right the December seventeenth, the senior Christmas party. Just know that that has been canceled. And as we said in Sunday school, I would say postponed, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense to have that later. So, so that is canceled. So put an X above that. That's not happening. But the men's prayer advance so far is still on. So any of the guys that you're interested in that at the end of January, sign up. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. We'd love to have you go with us. Looking forward uh, to, to that for sure. Real quick, before we go any further, let me see if we can't get a couple things taken care of. Who's here? Who's here? Who's here? Miss April McMillan. I've had this for a while, but... Uh, I know she's not supposed to come on up and look at her. She's real excited about this. But, uh, but she, she did her, completed her next discipleship lesson through the Bible, part 21. And uh, so and she's coming forward, and I don't have my mask. She's got hers. I, as long as somebody's got one, right? We're, we're good to go. All right. <laughs> Make a eight paper airplane out of it and throw it to you. All right. Uh, I did go to Tech, by the way. <laughs> if you've ever been to a Virginia Tech game, one of, the, one of the highlights to see is if you sit on the student side is uh, they don't ever show this on TV. They ought to is they sit all the way up to nosebleed. I'm talking about triple Z section and the engineers all build paper airplanes. And so they throw it from way up there and any of them that make it to the field. I mean, they go nuts when one makes it to the field. So, so you look over there as a point in the game, which they all start throwing their paper airplanes and, and you just watch and, and I mean, all of a sudden, nothing's going on in the field. It's usually during the TV timeout, and all of a sudden, the place just goes nuts. You're like, what's going on? Visitors never know what's going on. I said, the airplanes, look. <laughs> and there's one that's doing it. Here it goes. It's doing it. And draft catches it, and up it goes. And that thing just flies perfect. I can't throw one for two pews. But they can make it from the very top of the stadium, and one will fly down, land on the field, and, uh, and the place goes nuts. So if I could make them like that, Miss April then I would throw it to you. Amen. Uh, but uh, since I can't, we, we won't anyway. Anyway, glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Looking forward to a great day in God's house. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless. Father, we thank you again for uh, the privilege it is to assemble together. Lord, uh, just, just ask you today that your presence would be manifest here today. Lord, pray for our, our singing, Lord, as we lift you up uh, praises and song here in just a few seconds, Lord. Pray for all that's going to be said and done, that Christ would be glorified. Pray for Brother Justin as he comes to preach for us today. Lord, that you'd bless him, that you'd feel him. And Lord, we just meet with our Savior today. Help us fall more in love with you today than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. There's not as many folks, but it's still good to hear a good morning. So, good morning. So good to see everyone. Let's go ahead and stand as we jump into the worship part of the service. Starting out with joy to the world. With Christ coming into the world, we now have more joy than anybody else. So we can also let our face know that every now and again. We are allowed to smile, you know. We are allowed to get inside excited in church. So let's sing Joy to the World. Joy to Heaven and nature sing, and heaven 
that the angels gave to the shepherds, that the king has been born. Join as we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. somebody around you. Helm, it's good to see him in the house of the Lord this morning. It's a beautiful day with the sun shining, absolutely gorgeous. You can go ahead and have a seat. Right now we got Mr. Larry and Mr. Tony coming on over for a special. Joy to see 
this destiny came tears of love and the creatures gathered round and didn't make a sound and the
they knew that they would find a way for that precious baby boy. There was a new star shining in the sky up above by his light that winter's night. They found peace and perfect love And if we want to find it I know we always will For that new star is shining for us still And if we want to find him I know we always win For Jesus is shining for us still Merry Christmas. Let's just take a moment, and then we're going to have a, just a moment of prayer time here. You pray in your seat and, uh, and ask the Lord to, to just, just, just meet with you in a real and tangible way today. And just to, We'll just take a moment of worship, and I'll close this in it. this room today there's there's requests being made known unto you right now and Lord we're, we're bringing them with thanksgiving expecting just uh, the answer Lord believing for the answer for the needs that are in the lives of your people and Lord today as we get ready now for one more song of worship and then the preaching of the word of God Lord I pray that you just arrest our hearts Lord help us to just tune in to what the Holy Spirit of God has for us from the precious word of God today and just be with my brother as he comes to preach here in a little bit. And right now, prepare our hearts for the worship and the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So we sing one more song here and one, one worshipful song right before the preaching. And evangelist Justin McCracken is going to come up and preach to our hearts. And uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. I actually thought we had met before, but we found out today we haven't. So I don't know him. He don't know me. So anyway, but he's going to come preach to our hearts. And we got, again, like we... We do have a lot of mutual friends, and I'm looking forward to hearing my brother and thankful. Right on time, as always, right? God's right on time when we need. So I'm looking forward to that as he comes preach as soon as we sing one more song. Everyone will please stand. Again, the whole purpose of worship is to glorify God, and he blesses us so many times even through it. And then... We want to see Christ through the preaching of his word. So let's sing, show us Christ.
church. Oh, that's much better. Y'all are alive and well now. Um, I sure do appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come and preach for you this morning. Um, I thank you for the, the motel room um, that we were able to stay in last night and today. Um, it's, it's well. Everything is good, preacher. Thank you for that. And uh, just appreciate the opportunity. And just as that song said, show us Christ. That's exactly what I aim to do today. Uh, my name is Justin McCracken. Let's get the intro out of the way. Uh, from Richlands, Virginia. How many knows where Richlands, Virginia is? Ah, there's several of you know. Hey, man, that must be the saved crowd. Oh, is that me? All right, that must be the saved crowd. That must be the Lord telling me just to get to preaching. Amen. But I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, my wife, Carrie McCracken. Uh, my little daughter, Adeline, just a little over two months old. And I think I've got uh, Caleb and Noah, they're in the nursery. Um, Caleb's the oldest, he's the tallest, and Noah's the ornery mean one. Um, so if he tries to kick you in the shin, you'll know which one you're dealing with, amen. Uh, but we appreciate being with you all. Um, not been to this part of the area, uh, preaching very much. Uh, been on uh, in Grayson County, uh, been down in that area, and uh, preached up in Christiansburg a little bit for a pastor friend of mine, Michael Johnston. Uh, but I just appreciate the opportunity nonetheless. And if you'll find in your Bible... Hosea chapter number 2 this morning. Hosea chapter number 2. I've got a message the Lord's put on my heart that I want to share with you this morning and um, hopefully be a blessing to you. Hosea chapter number 2. And while you're, while you're turning, if you will, would you turn to the person on the right sitting beside of you and say, you sure look pretty this morning. Amen. Now turn to your neighbor on the left and say, I'll be praying for you. Amen. 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 Hosea chapter 2. When you found your place, if you can and will and you're able, uh, if you can, I understand. Would you stand with me as we reverence God's word while we read? Hosea chapter 2. I want to give you five verses to start with and then we'll get into the message. Hosea 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Say unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sisters, Ruhamah, Plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight, and her adulteries from between her breasts. Lest I strip her naked, and set her as in the day that she was born, and make her as a wilderness, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. Notice verse 4. The Bible says, I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of whoredoms. And lastly, verse 5, we'll get in the message. The Bible says in verse 5, For their mother hath played the harlot. She that conceived them hath done shamefully, for she said, I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. With the Lord's help this morning, I'm going to take us to the book of Hosea chapter number 2 in the first part of chapter 3. And I want to preach on this thought this morning, the undeserving, unconditional love. The undeserving, unconditional love. That is what you and I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ. Undeserving. We didn't deserve it. 
The moment that you and I think we deserve Christ, we better hit this altar and get on our knees. We didn't deserve Him. But unconditionally, He loved us so much He was willing to go to the cross of Calvary and pay a debt for us that we cannot pay for ourselves. Y'all pray for me and pray with me this morning. Lord, we love You. Father, we thank You for Your mercy and grace. Thank You for first loving us. And Lord, we thank You for this opportunity, God, that we can stand behind this sacred desk one more time again. Lord, I pray, God, that You would use us in a, in a great way, Lord, not for our own glory, Lord, but for Yours. And Father, I pray, God, as we look at Your book this morning, Lord, that You would speak to hearts and minds. And God, I pray most of all this morning, if there's one listening inside the four walls of this church, Lord, or maybe even by way of internet or whatever the church uses as an outreach tool. Father, I pray, God, if nobody in this church, uh, somebody here, Lord, has been lost, uh, Lord, they're not, they're not saved, they're not born again, God, I pray that you would speak to their heart this morning. God, they'd see their need of a Savior, Lord, before it's everlasting too late. And Father, we just pray now that you get the glory. Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You be seated. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a country preacher. Um, Listen, I'm all right. You want to take a lap? You want to shout? Raise your hands? Stand up? Squall a little. Long as we can, say, long as we can hear everything's in English. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Long as you, long as you're talking back to me in English, we're all right. Amen. Amen. Hosea chapter number two. I, I understand the context of the scripture that that uh, we see here that Gomer has left her first husband. And as you study your Bibles, you'll realize that that Gomer is a type or a picture of the nation of Israel who has turned their back on God. And I want us to pick up here in verse number two, or excuse me, in chapter number two. And we're going to look a little bit of the scriptures. But as as I begin to ponder on this thought of the undeserving, unconditional love, my mind takes me back to Genesis chapter number three. Does everybody know what happened in Genesis chapter number three? How many knows what happened in Genesis chapter number three? Y'all stay with me because I promise you we're going somewhere with this. In Genesis chapter number 3, we find the fall of mankind. And ever since the fall of mankind, men, women, boys, and girls across this country has been looking for something to fulfill themselves. There is a void in their lives. If you will, how many of you that are saved this morning, blood-bought and born again, could raise your hand and say that once the day you hit your knees, repented of your sins, and gave your life to the Lord, that Jesus Christ filled that void in your life that you was looking for? But there's a lot of folks that we find uh, in the same way with the nation of Israel. They would come to God when they needed Him, and God would bless Him, uh, bless the nation. As soon as He would bless the nation, what did they do? They would immediately turn their back, and they would go back out, and they would serve the little g-gods of the world. And that's what America is doing today. Amen? Listen, the faster you amen, the faster I preach. I heard one amen. Maybe y'all want to... Are y'all used to staying after lunch, preacher? Y'all bring baggies? Some churches, some churches know me, they bring baggies. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says this, Wherefore is by one man sin entered in the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We're all sinners in here. Would you agree to that? The only difference maybe between some sinners is some are still lost sinners and some are saved sinners, but we're all sinners in here this morning. Now I want us to look as we read verses 2 through verse 5 we see this number 1 we see the betrayal of the bride. We see the betrayal of the bride. Gomer was no longer satisfied in the arms of her husband which is Hosea. And I pinned down in my Bible I want to make sure I give you this um, the word Hosea means salvation. 
It means salvation. And the word gomer means finished. Now how many of you, uh, back when you were lost and undone without God, many of you would have looked at, uh, looked at you and said, boy, that right there is finished. He'll never amount to nothing. She'll never amount to nothing. He's hooked on drugs and alcohol. She, she likes the men. All these things. How many people in your personal life would have looked at you and said they're finished? But oh, I'm glad there's a Savior. Hey man, I, I'm glad that there was one. We're going to talk about him tonight. I can't wait. We've got to get through this morning. This morning's going to be good, but I can't wait to talk about him again tonight. Boy, he done for me what nobody else could do. I love my wife dearly, but my wife couldn't do, she couldn't do for me what Jesus did. My mom and my dad, I done my, my whole life, I tried to please them and everything that I said and everything that I done, but guess what? They couldn't do for me what Jesus did. And I'm thankful there's a Savior. We find in Hosea 2, verses 1 through 5, we find the betrayal of the bride. We see that Gomer had begun to look for pleasures out in the world again. She began to look for pleasures in the world. And that's exactly what happened to children of Israel, which is what the text is referencing. That they were no longer satisfied worshiping and serving God. They had turned their back to wallow in the sin. And, and that's exactly where America is today. And I come here today to uplift you. I come here today to, uh, to put a little pep in your step, if you will. But, but can I tell you, our nation, our country is in trouble. She's in trouble. She's turned her back. Everything that once used to be good and used to be right is now wrong and not worth a hill of beans. It's the total opposite. And the Bible says in those days that's what's going to happen. They'll call evil good and good evil. And that's where we're living today. We have betrayed the betrayal of the bride. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord of thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Can I tell you this morning, church, if you have a little g God in your life, you fall into this category from a practical standpoint. You said, preacher, you're going to uplift us and help us. You're on our toes. I wish I'd have wore steel toes. Listen, church, at some point or another in our lives, personally, we have betrayed the Lord by sin. But I want us to look. I don't want us to get, get us mired up in the, in the mud there, if you will. Look at verse number 6. I want, I want to take us to the Scripture. I want you to pay close attention to your Bible now. Look with me in chapter or verse number 6 of Hosea 2. We find the betrayal of the bride in verses 1 through 5. But notice with me, number 2, we find the blockade of the bride. Look with me in verse number 6. What's the very first word you see in your Bible? The Bible says what? Therefore. The old preacher man once told me, he said, Son, when you're studying your Bible... He said, first of all, he said, when you see something in your Bible that don't quite look just right. Anybody ever found some of them? It's like, Lord, you know, you put this in here. What does this mean? Well, the Lord's fixing to show you something. But I noticed when the old man, he told me, the old preacher man, he said, son, he said, when you see this word therefore in your Bible, he said, look and see what it's there for. Does that make sense? Y'all thought I was fixing to give you some big philosophy, uh, whatever, right? He said, look and see what it's there for. Well, look at the scripture. Verse 6. We, the Bible says, therefore... Behold, he says, I will hedge up thy way with what? Thorns. Now listen, I told you I'm a country preacher. 
Back where I'm from, they don't say thorns very often. You know what we say where I'm from? Brars. Do y'all know what I'm talking about when I say brars? Am I still all right? Everybody's still okay with me? Lord God's God's saying, you know what? Gomer's out there. She's she's left her first husband. She's out there in the world. She's living it up. Uh, she's she's living her life full of sin again. And He says, you know what I'm fixing to do? I'm fixing to put me a brar bush around Gomer. Notice the text. Therefore, hold I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her paths. Notice verse seven. And she shall follow after her lover. So, so just because that God was going to put a blockade of thorns around Gomer was still not going to change the fact that she was probably still going to pursue that which she was pursuing. But notice the text. She shall follow after her lovers. But notice now, look at your Bible. But she shall not what? Overtake them. And she shall seek them. But notice the text. But shall not find them, then shall she say, I will go out and return to my first husband, for then it was better with me than now. We find the blockade around Gomer. It was a blockade of thorns. And, and, and you know, the text says that she's going to continue searching. She's going to continue after the lust of the flesh. But the Bible says that she shall not find them. Why is it that one, what is it that, that one person takes one drink of alcohol and that one drink turns into two drinks and two drinks turns into three drinks? The next thing you know, they're a sop. They come home from work. They're drinking cases and cases of beer. Why is it that, that one lady, uh, she wants to be with one man and the one man turns into two men and three men? Why? It's because we always have that desire for more. Would you not say that this morning? She had a desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh, but God says, you know what? I'm going to put a blockade around her of thorns, and she's not going to find what she's looking for. And I thought of that. Preacher, I used to rabbit hunt back when I was younger. We used to have rabbit dogs. Anybody ever hear rabbit hunted before? Some of you ladies are probably thinking, no, don't kill the little bunny. We used to rabbit hunt back when I was a child, when I was young. We'd take them rabbit beagles, we'd throw them in them briar bushes. Hey man, I ain't get too many amens, preacher. They fall asleep on me. Come on now. Put them rabbit dogs in them briar bushes and you hear them in there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, they're, they're, ow, it hurts, right? Why would, why would God put a blockade of thorns around Gomer? How many of you knows when you get to living in sin, it hurts? Eventually, there's some kind of repercussion for it. People say, well, you can go out here and party and live it up. You can live a life full of sin. Everything's okay. No, eventually, it will stick you. God says, I'm going to put a hedge around Gomer. Stay with me now. He said, I'm going to put a blockade around her. Notice in your text, look at verse 8. Look now. Stay with me. So we see the betrayal of the bride, the blockade of the bride. Look at verse 8. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for who? Baal. Little G God. He says she didn't know that I gave her what she was receiving. All the things that she was being blessed with. We find number three, the blessings of the bride. 
Notice that God says, you know what? He said, hey, she's out here and she's got her corn. Or she's got all these things that she needed, her necessities. And the whole time she was taking what I was giving her and she was giving it to the little G gods of this world. Is that not what some of the church is doing today? They're taking what God has given them to do with and to do for and they're using it for the little G gods of this world. We find number three. Uh, we find number three, the blessings of the bride. God was still blessing Gomer despite her actions, despite how she was living her life. Aren't you thankful this morning that God has never given up on you? Aren't you thankful this morning that when you were at your worst, God was still at His best? Aren't you thankful this morning that God doesn't throw the clay away? Aren't you thankful this morning that when you're still living in sin, when you turn your back on God even after salvation, and maybe I'm speaking to the spiritual crowd this morning, but I can tell you one thing, I have not always pleased my Heavenly Father. I'm thankful that He doesn't throw me away. I'm thankful He don't throw me down. I'm thankful that He still blesses me. The Bible says in James 1 and verse 17, Every good gift and perfect, every perfect gift from above, uh, and it cometh down from the Father of lights, whom with no ver- is no variables, neither shadow of turning. So in other words, everything you and I have, everything that you and I possess, it comes from God. Now, I got to thinking about this verse in Psalms chapter 24 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all they that dwell therein. Look around, to you. Look around this morning, church. Every, every person in here, per se, is the Lord's. The Lord created you for a purpose. You may not know Him as your personal Savior, but He created you and you're His. The Bible says this in Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation, Selah. How many this morning could raise your hand and say, I've been blessed? How many could do that this morning? Hey, are you sucking air this morning? Hey, if not, somebody's going to have to, they, they're going to have to, they're going to have to do something. If y'all, if y'all are sitting there and you ain't sucking, everybody look around, make sure everybody's still breathing this morning. Hey, God's given you something this morning. He's given you a wife. He's given you a husband. He's given you some children, a mama, a daddy. God has been good to us, church. He's been good to us. We see the blessings of the bride. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. A few more more points. Look with me in verse number 9. We see a word that we referenced a few verses back. What do we see? What is in verse number 9? The word therefore, that intrigues me. I, I, I am what most people call a weirdo preacher. I'm all right with that. I, I'm glad I'm not in the skitty jean wearing uh, uh, category. I just, somebody say, man, I don't know. Maybe I'll get, my wife's looking at me like, get back in the book, okay? Verse number nine, I, I'm what, I'm what, I, most of say, uh, he's weird. Well, the Bible right here, the word therefore, it's there for a reason. Let's look and see what it's there for. The Bible says in verse nine, therefore, Will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof and my wine in the season thereof and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness and now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers and none shall deliver her out of mine hand. Verse 11, I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons and her Sabbaths and all her solemn feasts. Look at verse 12. And I will destroy her vines and fig trees 
whereof she hath said, These are my rewards that my lovers have given me, and I will make them for a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. And I will visit upon her in the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them. And she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels, and she went after her lovers, and forget me, saith the Lord. But I want you to notice verse number 14. It all sounds bad so far, doesn't it? Would you agree with me? It all sounds bad up to this point, other than the Lord still blessing her uh, as she went forward and, and went out into the world. But up until this point, I want you to look at verse number 14 and tell me what the first word you see is. Boy, oh, man, if, if there's nothing else y'all going to get out of the message, you're going to understand in your Bible what the word therefore means. Verse number 14 says, look now, we find the beckoning of the bride. Look at verse 14. The Bible says, therefore. So God's fixing to do something. He says, therefore, behold, I will what? Allure her. He said, I'm going to allure her. And notice what he says. And bring her into the wilderness and do what? And fuss at her and tell her how ashamed I am of her and tell her how no good she is and how she's unfit. Is that what he said? What's God saying here as Hosea's pinning this down? He says, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'm going to call her out. I'm going to beckon her into the wilderness. I'm going to speak comfortably to her. You know what I'm talking about this morning? To me, this is a perfect illustration from a practical standpoint of salvation. You and I, were lost. We're, we turn our back on God. We're out in the world. We're living it up. And God says, you know what? That boy named Justin, I'm going to put a hedge of thorns about him. He's going to go out here and he's going to pursue this. He's going to pursue that. But he's not going to be satisfied. And there's going to come a day. He said, I'm going to take him. And I'm going to put him out in the wilderness. And I'm going to allure him and speak comfortably, comfortably to him. Have any of you all ever had that happen to you in your life? How many of you remember back the day when God saved you? The day that you were lost without God. On your way to a devil's hell. And I know that's, not, that's something a lot of people don't preach on much anymore. But that's where we were at. That's where we were at, church. We were without hope. But God. We see the beckoning of the bride. Look with me in verse 15. Stay with me. Look at verse 15. So we find the betrayal of the bride, the blockade of the bride, the blessings of the bride. We've got the beckoning of the bride. This all sounds a lot like salvation to me. But I want you to notice here, uh, look at verse number 15. I like this. I was reading this the other day. Verse 15, the Bible says, And I will give her her vineyards from thence, and the valley of Achor for what? For adore hope. So here's this, here is this, for lack of a better way to say it, I, I, know, I know you gotta watch being in mixed company, but a prostitute, that's what she was. She 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 loved men, she she loved the lust of the flesh. And we see here that now God is saying, I I, I see something in Gomer. And I'm going to put a hedge of thorns about her. I'm going to let her go out in the wilderness. And, and he says, I'm going to speak comfortably to her. I'm going to allure her. And he says in verse 15, in the valley of Achor, I'm going to give her a door of hope. And I got to looking at this. And, and has, does, does anybody, this is back Sunday school material now. We're going to switch from preaching hour to Sunday school for just a minute. The valley of Achor. I pinned down here in my Bible. The valley of Achor is, is, is typically or a type if you will, it means judgment. The, the valley of judgment. Now, the valley of judgment. How many of you remember when Jericho fell 
And God said, when you go in and you seize the place, I don't want you to take anything, don't touch anything. But there was one man that did. What was his name? Somebody help me. Sunday school hour now, right now. Achan. Thank you. So now Achan goes in, and I pin down, he takes a wedge of gold, 200 shekels of silver, and a Babylonian garment. He takes it and does what with it? He takes it and puts it where? Under his tent. Nobody's going to find it there. That's how you and I are a lot of times with our little sins, right? We put it under our tent and say, oh, that can't nobody find it, but, but God knew. And what was the result in the valley of Achor? In that valley is where Achan's wife, his children, everything that he owned was stoned and then burned. In the valley of Achor, it is a, a valley of judgment. So now that you know what the valley of Achor is, let's read the verse again. The Bible says, And I will give her vineyards from thence, verse 15, and the valley of Achor for a what? A door of hope. What was he saying? He said, you know what? I'm going to provide her a way out of the judgment. Are y'all with me? Are you glad that in the valley of your judgment that God provided a door of hope? Why would he pin down in Hosea chapter number 2 that this way out was going to be a door? The Bible says in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Titus 3, 5 through 7 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that, listen now, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I am thankful personally this morning that in the midst of my valley of judgment God placed a door there. Where was that door at, Brother Justin? That door was on Calvary. He said, I'm the way. Hey, listen, I don't care what some fuzzy-headed preacher on TV that's got real bright teeth hey man, that drives a, a, a Bentley or whatever and if you're a preacher, if you drive a Bentley, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care what some fuzzy-headed preacher on TV says that the way, you know, there's many ways to heaven. There is only one way to heaven, and it's through the blood of Calvary. That's the only way you're getting in. You ain't getting another way. It's only through Jesus. I'm glad that in the midst of my judgment, God provided a door, and it hung on Calvary. So we see the bliss of the bride, if you will. The bliss of the bride. Look with me. i got two more things very quickly. I know we're getting close to bean time. Amen. Nobody said amen. I got a few more points. We find in verse 15, we find the bliss of the bride. Notice with me, I want us to skip down a couple verses for sake of time. Pick up with me in verse number 19. Verse number 19. The Bible says, And I will betroth thee unto me for what? Forever. Are y'all getting the same picture that I got as I was reading? I understand the context, but from a practical standpoint, looking at my Bible, man, Jesus is on every page. You just got to find Him. The Word says, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. If you want to find Christ, He's on every page. If you can't find Him, keep looking. Amen? The Bible says in verse 19, I will betroth thee unto me forever, yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercy. So obviously we see number six, the betrothal of the bride. The betrothal of the bride. 
You say, well, Brother Justin, what does betrothal mean? Well, I got to looking back a little bit about this betrothal, and it's taken very serious in Jewish culture. Now, we get it really backwards in America, especially in our modern day we're living in. But when someone was betrothed, that means to be engaged. So when someone in, in the Jewish tradition or Jewish culture, when someone would get betrothed to be married, it was taken so serious. It was almost, listen now, listen very carefully, it was almost as if they were already married but did not live together. Somebody help me right there. That's, that's messed up in our day society. Now, you've got to live with them for a little while first before you marry them. But notice the text in verse number 19. He says, I will betroth thee unto me when? Forever. So, so once, once God put a hedge around Gomer, once He spoke comfortably or allured her, He was going to provide her a door of hope in the midst of her judgment. And when she was to accept that door of hope, when she was to go through the door of hope, if you will, then He said, I'm going to betroth her unto me forever. Can I tell you this morning, church, once you get in, you can't get out. Amen. I'm glad that my salvation is sealed. I'm glad that I just preached a, a series of messages at another church. They were without a pastor. I helped them for a little while. They voted a man in, but I was preaching there. And we went through, there are so many scriptures that talk about eternal security. And the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's not based upon you and it's not based upon me. It's based upon what He did on Calvary. We find the betrothal of the bride. She's going to be betrothed forever. How long is forever? I mean, come on. We got, brother, we've got to be able to put some kind of time limit on. I mean, that's the kind of people we are, right? We've got to be able to... What's wrong with just taking God at His Word and saying it's forever? He told Gomer, he said, hey, you're out here living the lust of the flesh. You're out here, you've turned your back on me, but I'm going to put a hedge around you. I, I want you to turn back to me. I'm going to allure you. I'm going to take you out in the wilderness. I'm going to speak comfortably to you. I'm going to provide a way out. And when I do that, if you'll take that route, if you'll go through that door, if you'll go the way that I say go, I'll betroth thee unto me forever. The Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 28 through verse 30, And I give unto them eternal life. Listen now. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My, uh, my Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Hebrews 8 and 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Listen right here. Y'all will say amen to this verse. I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? That's something that's hard for you and I to swallow, isn't it? I mean, we sit here, and I'm, I'm just I'm going out on a limb here. I'm taking you all believe in eternal security. You'd be surprised. Some churches you preach in don't mean if they're Baptist or not. Some of, them, some of them look at you like you're crazy. We remember our sins, don't we? It's something that's hard for you and I to live with. We remember what we used to be. And sometimes I believe, hope I'm all right, sometimes I believe that's good for us to remember where we come from. 
to see what God done with us helps us with our testimony. God brought me through drug addiction. God brought me through this. God brought me through that. Whatever your testimony is, it's good for us to say, this is where I used to be, and this is now where God's brought me from. Here's where I'm at now. But can I tell you something? Here's a little extra nugget to put in your pocket. One of these days, we'll not remember our sins anymore either. We get over on the other side of glory. We're going to see it like He sees it. We're not going to remember our sins anymore. The Bible says, he told uh, Hosea speaking, talking about God uh, loving Gomer. He said, I'm going to betroth her unto me forever. So we see the betrothal of the bride. And lastly, I've got us all this way to get us where we're at right now. Please stay with me another 10 minutes or so and I'll be done. Most of you know, most Baptist preachers say 10 more minutes. It's at least another half hour. Just saying. Can I stop just for a second? Not to be meddling. How many has ever seen this stuff on Facebook that says fake news? You post something on it or something and it'll send you a message and say, well, that's fake news. I shared a thing the other day. Had uh, said uh, The preacher said he was only going to preach 30 minutes and at the bottom it said fake news. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ten minutes or so I'll be done. Bear with me. Look with me, Hosea 3. So we have, we've looked at the betrayal of the bride. We've looked at the blockade of the bride, the blessings of the bride, the beckoning of the bride, the bliss of the bride, the betrothal of the bride. And lastly, I want to give you this one. There was a barter for the bride. You know what the word barter means? It means to trade. That's what some of, some of the old-time old folks used to do. Years ago, they would barter for things. They would, they would make a trade. I want us to look here in Hosea chapter number 3. I want us to look at the barter for the bride. Look with me in Hosea chapter number 3 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. Look at verse 2. So I, what? I bought her. Can I ask you a question today, church? Who's the bride? It's the church. Who bought us? How does it feel this morning to know you've been purchased? How does it feel to know this morning that somebody purchased you? When you were in the condition that you were in, when you were lost without God and hope in this world, Christ came, born of a virgin you spoke of this morning, and he took up a robe of flesh and died in your place. The scripture says, Hosea speaking, he said, so I bought her. In other words, I purchased Gomer. But I, as the weirdo preacher in me began to, to look a little deeper in the scriptures, I noticed what he purchased her with. This is where I want you to really focus. If you've, if you've been halfway out on me this far, don't wake up now. Now's the time to listen. He said, so I bought her for, uh, to me for what? Fifteen pieces of silver. Now, you and I, in well, let me put it this way. In my finite brain, I can see fifteen pieces of silver, preacher, right now, laying on the floor or whatever. I, I, can, I can see. It's something I can see. It's easy to understand, right? So there's fifteen pieces. He said, so I bought her to me for me. For me. For 15 pieces of silver. Now look now. Look at the rest of the text. And for an omer of barley 
and a half omer of barley. What in the world's that? He says, you know what? He said, I bought Gomer off the auction block of sin. I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and an omer of barley and a half omer of barley. So you're sitting here thinking, okay, well that's a good point, preacher. He bartered for the bride. There was a trade. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the house. I'm ready to eat my chicken. But it goes deeper than that. How many know that God's Word, I mean, it's very simple and easy to understand, but there's also some deep truths to the Word of God. I wasn't satisfied with just trading a, 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 loaf, a, a loaf and a half of bread and 15 pieces of silver for some lady that was enslaved to sin. So I began to pray and ask the Lord to, to show me in the text what He's trying to speak to my heart to give to you. Do you know what an you know what you know what barley was used for back in those days? It was used to make bread. It's a very expensive, costly type of wheat. And preachers, I begin to think about that. It was what? It was costly. It's a type of bread. So with the thought in our minds that it was costly, what did it cost heaven so that you and I could be bought? It cost heaven everything. It cost heaven the dear Lamb of God who come and robed in flesh and died for you and I. But I begin to think about this barley, this bread. What did he tell the disciples? He said, take this and eat. This is my body, which was what? Broken for you. He was willing to trade his life for mine. He was willing to trade his life for yours. But it goes a little deeper than that. I want to show you this. Look, look, look at the text. Verse 2 of Hosea, chapter number 3. The Bible says, So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver, and for an omer of barley, and a an half omer of barley. An omer and a half omer of barley is worth 15 shekels. If you do the, if you do the, if you do the digging on it, it's worth 15 shekels. You're looking at me like, preacher, that makes no sense to me. I understand. Fifteen shekels is the same equivalent to fifteen pieces of silver. You go home, check up on the preacher, dig it up yourself. So we find that, that Hosea bought Gomer off the auction block of sin for 15 pieces of silver and an omer and a half omer of barley. He was willing to make a trade for her life. That trade was a very, very costly type of bread with 15 pieces of silver. Okay, so I want you to take one hand, raise, take one left hand, raise it up, left hand. All right, some of you ain't shouted in years, okay? You just shouted, amen? Uh, just kidding. Left hand, right? That represents 15 pieces of silver. Okay, this, this meant 15 back at Richlands where I went to school at. Anyhow, 15 pieces of silver. Raise the other hand. Now, man, y'all are really shouting now. Praise God. Look at that preacher. Woo! 15. Now you got another 15 piece here. Now you take 15 and 15 and put them together. What you got? You see a picture of our darling Jesus Christ in this text of Hosea chapter number 3. Who was, who was sold for 30 pieces of silver? Christ is on every page, church. You just got to find Him. We find Hosea said, I bought her to me 
for 15 pieces of silver and an omer of barley and a half omer of barley, which is an equivalent price in a monetary value of 30 pieces of silver. Can I tell you something this morning, church? She didn't deserve it. She was a harlot. She didn't deserve to be bought well, for any price. She did not deserve it. Neither did we. My Bible tells me in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 26 and verse 15, And He said unto them, What will you give me? And I'll deliver him unto you. And they coveted with him for thirty pieces of silver. John chapter 6 and verse 35 says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and, that, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four says, And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. I'm going to preach tonight a little bit on how he was broke for us. Paint you a picture of what our darling Savior did for you and I. It was undeserving, unconditional love He showed you and I. I don't know where you stand this morning, church. As your pastor says, we don't even really know each other to a certain extent. But can I tell you something this morning, church? I don't know where you stand with God. But can I tell you something? He's the most precious thing that's ever happened to me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this morning, you don't remember a time and a place where you gave your life to the Lord. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to nail that thing down. If you are sitting here saved, blood-bought, and born again, John 3, 3, born again, saved by the grace of God, can I tell you this morning, church, how long has it been since you and I thanked Him for all that He's done for us? How long has it been since we've got on our face before God and so, Lord, I just want to thank you one more time. I was out in sin on my way to hell, but you hung a door in the midst of my judgment. He spoke comfortably to you. He didn't, thr he didn't thrash and beat on you. He didn't tell you how no good for nothing you are, but he loved you just the way you are. With your heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, before the pastor comes and closes the service out, I want to ask you a question. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen very carefully. If you are 100% sure this morning that you're saved, on your way to heaven, heaven bound with a hammer down, would you slip your hand up and hold your hand up as a testimony? You're 100% sure. Nobody's looking around. 100% sure you're saved on your way to heaven. Raise your hand, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put it down. There were some hands that didn't raise. I don't know for what reason. That's between you and God. But here's what I'd like to do before I turn it back over to the pastor. Would you raise your hand just signifying, I won't come to you, I would not embarrass you for the world. Would you raise your hand just to say, Preacher, I'm lost, I want to pray for you. My prayer can't save you, but I want to pray for you this morning. Would you be willing to slip your hand up and just say, Preacher, pray for me. I don't think I'm saved. Maybe you're doubtful. Maybe you're unsure of your eternal security. And you need to talk with somebody. Just raise your hand and just say, Preacher, that's me. Pray for me this morning. Lord, we sure do love you. Father, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for first loving us. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would take the preaching this morning that you've bid us to preach.
Lord, that you would touch their hearts and their lives, Lord, and those that maybe could not raise their hand, Lord, for whatever reason, Lord, you'd speak to their heart this morning. Before they leave, God, they would nail this thing down of salvation, not walk out the doors the same way they walked in. Father, we love you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor. Grass Miss Joanne, if she just plays softly for a moment and if you've never read through the book of Isaiah, I encourage you to go do that. It's a real life story. It really did happen. But what a picture it is of as my brothers preached this morning of Christ and his love for us as wayward children. Maybe you've gotten away from the Lord this morning. Maybe you've gotten to a place where you've kind of you left your first love. You've gotten out and just kind of a little bit off the path. You said, well, preacher, I'm at church today. Well, you could be at church today and be so far from God. Well, right now you just say, Lord, bring me back. Lord, I just want, I want everything you have for me in my life. Right now, you can just do it right there in your seat. You can say, Lord, I've strayed. I've strayed. Lord, I've allowed things to enter my life that, Lord, I know wouldn't please you. But right now, I'm asking you, Lord, I want to be your servant. I want to live worthy of the vocation you've called me to. Lord, I want to live my life filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. Lord, I confess to you, I agree with you today, Lord. I've allowed some things to come into my life that need to let go. But thank you for your undeserving unmerited but unconditional love that my brother preached on today. If you're here today and you couldn't raise your hand a minute ago, you're not 100% sure that heaven's your home, and I encourage you, do not leave this place without getting that settled. I'll take as long as you need and take a Bible, answer every question you got. If I can't answer it, we'll find somebody who can, but I can tell you this, the answers are in there. And the answer is just one name. His name is Jesus. He still says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is raising from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Sure would love you to know this Jesus we celebrate at Christmas that came as a babe. Know that he didn't just come as a babe, but he came as Lord and Savior. And he wants to be yours. Don't leave this place. We'll be, have folks in the back. Just stop saying, I want to make sure heaven's my home. We'd sure love to help you understand that fact today. Lord, we thank you for the message and the messenger. Lord, thank you for the good challenge from the Word of God. Thank you for your unfailing, undeserved, unmerited, unconditional, and unending love. Thank you for sharing with us today and reminding us of that in Christ's name. Amen. If everyone please stand. <clears throat> As we close with joyful, joyful, we adore you. One more quick thing. Choir practice this evening at 5.30 before the evening service. So please come on out. Even if you haven't uh, been a part of it in the past, you're more than welcome to jump on in. So 5.30 this evening. Let's sing joyful, joyful.
Thank you. You are dismissed.